0: You can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning.
1: To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian.
2: From The Australian, I'm Kristen Amiet. We've loved bringing you insights from our journalists around the nation and the world this year. Over this holiday break, we're revisiting some of our biggest and best episodes from a huge year in the news. This episode originally aired on June 29, in the aftermath of a second criminal conviction for Christopher Michael Dawson. The former Sydney school teacher was sentenced to a further three years for unlawful carnal knowledge of a school student, to be served partially concurrently with the sentence for the 1982 murder of his first wife, Lynette. Dawson has since indicated he'll appeal the conviction. It's presented by Claire Harvey. The Front will return with all new episodes on Monday, January 15. Just hit follow or subscribe to hear the latest every morning.
1: You feel that the accused took advantage of you when you were vulnerable because of what was occurring in your home life, don't you? I can't comment on why he did what he did. I'm asking you how you feel now.
2: I feel he, the accused, took advantage of my vulnerability and the
1: fact that he had power in the relationship. It's a case that you've reflected on the nature of your interactions with the accused and you feel that you were groomed, isn't it?
0: Yes. The Crown prosecutor said she was the most important person in this trial. The defence barrister pointed out she's the only witness to a crime that occurred more than 40 years ago. And now AB, the woman known around the world as the teacher's pet. Has been vindicated. Judge Sarah Huggett said AB was telling the truth when she said Chris Dawson took advantage of her vulnerability to groom, manipulate, and ultimately have unlawful carnal knowledge of her.
1: While none of this evidence is capable alone or collectively of proving the offence charged, I find it provides powerful support for the complainant's evidence that the accused committed an act of carnal knowledge while she was 16 years of age and his pupil. I am satisfied beyond reasonable doubt that the accused committed the offence charged and find him guilty.
0: That's Judge Huggett's voice from the court on Wednesday where she convicted Dawson of one count of carnal knowledge of a student aged between 10 and 17 years. The complainant was Dawson's student in 1980. Dawson seduced and love-bombed her and when his wife Lynette suddenly disappeared, he married AB and whisked her away to Queensland where they had a daughter. Of course, we now know he had killed Lynn. In the decades since that marriage broke down, AB has come to understand the genesis of that relationship, not as love, but as abuse. She came to see Dawson as a master manipulator and a child sex offender. She realised he was a murderer. He made multiple statements to police investigating the disappearance of Lynette and gave powerful evidence against Dawson at his trial for Lynn's murder last year. She wasn't in Sydney's Downing Centre District Court on Wednesday to see Dawson go down, but she was watching on a video link and she would have seen Dawson muttering and shaking his head as the judge reeled off all the points that led her to guilt beyond reasonable doubt.
1: I find that the evidence of the complainant that the accused had sexual intercourse with her at Marubra between 1 July 1980 and 12 December 1980, which I have found was a period in which she was his student, is supported by a large amount of reliable and independent evidence before me.
0: This trial was all about timing. Dawson never denied having sex with A. B while she was a schoolgirl. AB said sexual activity first occurred before the end of the 1980 school year, when she was in Dawson's Year 11 sports coaching class. Dawson said it wasn't until the following year, when she was 17 and in Year 12, and, critically, no longer in his class. Under the law of 1980, that would not have been a criminal offence. So, the Crown had to prove that sex occurred before the summer holidays began in 1980, December 12. AB had said that they had had sex after their first kiss and she indicated that was in the latter months of 1980. AB herself had a hard time remembering when certain events occurred and she stated as much in her testimony. And while Judge Huggett acknowledged that there have been inconsistencies in AB's evidence over the years, she was rock solid where it mattered.
1: She appeared willing to provide as much detail as she could, but did not appear to embellish her evidence she made concessions where appropriate. At times, she said things that provided insight into her state of mind in 1980 and 1981. For example, that probably one of her favourite stories that was told to her by the accused was that he had seen her in the playground in Year 10 and thought she was beautiful, and that things the accused said and did made her feel special, which suggested to me that as a teenager, she was quite impressionable.
0: Judge Huggett also said that she could understand why AB didn't raise certain things in her statements to the police and the courts over the years. Because she wasn't telling her own story, she was trying to help solve the disappearance of Lynn. and so she couldn't be expected to divulge those minute details in that context.
3: Chris Dawson's second wife, his accuser in this trial, has shown that it can be done
0: Hedley Thomas is the Australian's National Chief Correspondent and the creator of the Teacher's Pet podcast.
3: And let's hope that she sets a really positive example for those students who have been wavering about whether they want to have their cases put before a judge for deliberation. So if they have been waiting to see what happens in this case, now they know that they can do this and that they have the strength and support of police, and they will get a fair hearing before a judge, even with a case four decades old.
0: In her detailed reasons, which she read over three hours, Judge Huggett echoed the closing submission of Crown Prosecutor Emma Blizzard in saying AB's evidence was powerfully supported by what others saw and heard in 1980. In particular, she fully accepted that Chris Dawson had physically threatened a witness we've come to know as the trolley boy, because he knew the boy was romantically interested in AB.
1: I reject that the accused approached in some protective manner and find that in 1980, prior to September 1980, the accused behaved as described, because the accused viewed 16-year-old as a rival or potential rival for the complainant's affections because at that time the accused was attracted to her.
0: Her Honour also accepted the evidence of AB's school friend who said AB had shared Dawson's repeated proposals of marriage in Year 11.
1: I accept evidence that this is something that the complainant did tell her and that it was based on something the accused had in fact said to the complainant in Year 11.
0: And likewise, she said the closeness observed by witnesses like Robin Wheeler on school grounds were inconsistent with the counselling relationship Dawson says the two had, because AB was never described as being upset.
1: In considering this suggestion, I have had regard to the fact that there is no evidence from any of the witnesses who made observations of interactions between the complainant and the accused that the complainant was upset or appeared upset in the accused company. Nor does any witness describe seeing the accused put his arm on the complainant's shoulder or giving her a hug.
2: Judge Huggett said that AB's evidence did not stand alone, that it was powerfully corroborated by the evidence of other witnesses.
0: David Murray is the Australian's national crime correspondent.
2: These are people who went to school with AB and Judge Huggett essentially found that their evidence was credible.
0: We'll be back in just a moment.
4: My name is Manny Karoudis and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts. Fuck, 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 fuck,
0: fuck. The court heard very little from Chris Dawson over the course of this trial for carnal knowledge. He observed the majority of proceedings via video link from Sydney's Long Bay, where he's currently serving a 24-year sentence for the murder of Lynn. Aside from the moment he entered a not-guilty plea and a few exchanges with Judge Sarah Huggett, he's been literally and figuratively on mute. His representative, public defender Claire Wasley, doing most of the talking. But what you just heard was Dawson's unexpected reaction to the verdict in his carnal knowledge trial. It's been read by a voice actor. The judge had already retired and those left in the room were pulling on coats and packing laptops into bags. Clearly Dawson thought the video link had been cut. The reaction was out of step with the way Dawson had conducted himself for the duration of the trial. For nine sitting days he barely reacted sitting stock still and staring straight ahead. His presence during yesterday's three-hour judgment was much the same, with a couple of notable exceptions. There was an almost imperceptible shake of his head when Judge Huggett mentioned an exam in which AB said she'd written something exotic about the pair's sexual activity. Dawson dropped his head into his hands when a card in which he referred to AB as Petal came up. And he closed his eyes and sighed heavily when her honour said she accepted the evidence of a school friend who testified that AB disappeared from social gatherings in favour of spending time with Dawson.
4: On verdict day, he was a very, very different Christopher Dawson than we've seen in that tiny cubicle of an audiovisual room.
0: Matthew Condon is a senior reporter with The Australian.
4: We'd seen him at the beginning of the trial and he he had this sort of goofy, lost, old man look about him in the court. Then he went to audiovisual link and he had a sort of glazed indifference. On verdict day, he was sharp, he was attentive, his eyes were very dark, his mouth was set in a slit straight across and he was reacting throughout Judge Huggett's verdict. I felt he was trying to contain this rage that he has, I felt that coming off him just by observing him for those two and a half hours.
0: None of Chris Dawson's family members were present for yesterday's verdict, but Lynn's family was represented. Lynn's nephew, David Jenkins, attended the verdict. I caught up with him outside court. So, what do you think about that result?
3: I think it was the right outcome. Um... Uh, I'm glad that the judge found you know the evidence was strong enough, and uh, I'm glad that that AB and, and various other students at the time got to, to tell their truth, and and would largely believe. so I think it's a good outcome. I, I was hoping when he was on mic there at the end he might <laughs> he might give something else away, but uh, yeah, I imagine it's a shock for him. And, and um, well, he's got plenty of fun to process it, doesn't he?
0: He's never admitted anything. Um What do you think um, he'll have to reflect on over the next 24 years at least while he's in prison and now probably more
3: time? I hope he reflects on the the choices he made in his younger days and and, this is the the right outcome for his choices. He made certain decisions and, and, you know, this is the result of them.
0: This wasn't strictly about Lynn. This wasn't about Lynn at all, really. It was happening sort of side by side with what was happening to Lynn. Why does it matter for Lynn's
3: family? I mean, it's all part of the same larger story. And it's, I think it's important that everyone's truth from that period gets heard. And, and, um, you know, therefore it's important that that we support those people who've come forward and, 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 you know, AB was supporting Lynn in court, telling her, her story then, and in, in back in the Supreme Court, and, and again now. So, you know, I think it's important to acknowledge that.
0: Headley Thomas is the Australian's National Chief Correspondent and the creator of the Teacher's Pet podcast. David Murray is the Australian's National Crime Correspondent, and Matt Condon is a senior reporter.
2: You can read all the nation's best news, sport, politics and business anytime at theaustralian.com.au.
0: Access a world of true crime podcasts on Crimex Plus, where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases.
1: Every week, we're waking up to a dead woman, a dead mother, sister, auntie, grandmother. It's not good enough.
0: From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt and Dying Rose. Unlock early, ad-free and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch
4: Killers with Gary Jubelin. One was shot in the mouth and I thought he was dead. Another one had been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray.
0: Search for Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime.